Well, I want to talk to you today as we move into our new series uh, this Sunday and then in two weeks from now on seed time and harvest. And, uh, you know, I want to just kind of dive in really quick here today and talk about a shift, that a shift can take place in our lives if we're willing to put the principles of God's Word that I preach on today into practice. How many of you today are ready for a spiritual shift in your life? How many of you would say that? In all honesty, yes. I see a lot of hands. There are several dimensions of God. You and I only live in one dimension at a time. And an example of this is the lame man sitting by the gate, beautiful in the gospel story. He's sitting by the gate. He is in that dimension. He's never going to walk. He's never going to get up. He's lame. He's going to beg with a cup in his hand all of his life by this gate beautiful that the Bible talks about. That's going to be his life. That's his reality. He is living in that dimension. Understand that. He's living in that dimension. Then you have Peter and John who are not living that kind of life. They are living in a miraculous dimension of faith, and they don't take what they see. They take what God says. They don't take what they see. They are listening to what God says, and they operate from that dimension, and they choose to live in that dimension. Not what you see, it is what God says. See, what you see will mess you up every day that you live. Isn't that true? If that's all you bank your life on, what you see, that's it. That's going to mess you up. But you've got to understand this, that if you go off of what God says, it will bring it back into balance. Understand? So in essence, here's the layman in that dimension, one dimension, Peter and John come and say, silver and gold, I don't even have, but rise up and walk in Jesus' name. They live in another dimension of faith. There are dimensions that you and I can move into where there is greater faith and the miraculous is greater than what you and I are in. So today I want to bring you into one of those dimensions through Scripture. Maybe stretch where you are at today, stretch us together as a group and as a body of Christ and go to a place that God says it's okay to go and he wants us to go because it's a higher level to live. There, there are places where you can live with God that are different than where you are at right now. For every one of us, because none of us have arrived, right? There is another dimension of faith that God wants his church to enter into. And not looking at what you see, but in what God says and acting on that for a far greater life than what you're living now. Let me start with this. You know this, truth doesn't make you free, does it? Truth doesn't make you free. You've heard that said? Well, well, that's not true. Truth doesn't make you free, right? In the Gospel of John, it says, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So what is it? It's known truth. It's known truth that sets people free. Um, What I don't know in the Bible doesn't bring any freedom to me. Are you with me? Say yes. That's very true, and we need to understand this. That's a true statement you got to understand through God's Word. So you can sit in church for years but, but if you don't know what's in here, it's not benefiting you. 
We're hearing truth, but we're not knowing truth. We have to know the truth of God's word. That's why we know God's word is seed that we need in our life to bear good fruit in good soil. And so, you know, how we walk this out is so important because people say, hey, I know God. They say, I know God, but they really don't know God. Well, I know about God. That's what they're saying but they really don't know God and who he is, right? So you have to know God in order to be free, in order for salvation to come. That's why you come to church today, and this isn't a movie theater, amen? You know, there's not a TV set sitting up here because we're coming and we're learning God's word together, his truth implanted in our hearts, hearing and doing the word of the Lord. That's a new dimension. Here's what I wanna say is there is no success without God. Do you believe that? There is absolutely no success without God. I don't care how people paint it to you and how they go about it. There is no success without God. All good things come from God. Thus, we should never get prideful, never get an ego, because we should know that it all comes from God in the first place. Amen? That's where the new dimension begins, a place of humility in our hearts. God, it's from you, and I want to learn of you and know you. Here's one of the great truths of the Bible. If you have your Bible, turn with me to Genesis chapter 8, verse 22. Eight chapters in, we see this from the very beginning. You will see this, and if you take this and you apply the knowledge of truth, it will alter your future in Jesus' name. I believe that. Here's what it says, verse 22. As long as the earth endures, how many of you believe the earth is still here? This is not a trick question. How many of you believe the earth is still here? You got an extra hour of sleep. You should know this. You got it? The earth is still here. That's what, okay, this is not trick, all right? So, and here's where we, we look at this. Look, I want us to read this together because there's things in here that God wants to teach us in his word today. Here's what we can do. So let's say it together. Seed time, and let's do it together. Seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night, will never cease. There are four things, as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night, they will never ever come to an end, never cease. God says it's a law, it's called the immutable law of God, which means God spoke it and there's nothing anybody can do about it, period. Man can't change it, You could have the greatest prayer meeting in the world. It will not change it. Money can't change it. It can't buy it to change it. How many of you know that day after day, night's still going to come? It is, right? You you can't do anything about it, right? You can try to fight it, but it's still coming. This is the way God thinks. Through his law, he spoke it. Day and night, winter and summer, it's going to be cold. It's going to get hot. That's the way it's always going to be because he says it. This is in God's word. There is so much fear that we live in in the, in the day that we live in. If you're a believer, you shouldn't be fearing global warming, wherever you fall or land on that. Okay, I believe we should take care of the earth, but we sure shouldn't be getting freaked out about it, all right? Right? Because if I read the word of the Lord, the earth is coming to an end anyways sooner rather than later. Okay? How many of you know what I'm talking about? So don't get freaked out about this. God's word has already spoke in this situation. I'm not sure where you land on that and all that. We're not going to get into that today and talk about it. But we got to understand seasons of hot, seasons of cold come. There's only one thing in one area 
And God says that you and I can participate in of these four. We can't change day or night. We can't change winter and summer. He says, but I'm going to let you participate in one of the laws that is called seed time and harvest. That's what I want to talk to you about today and in two weeks. He wants us to understand seed time and harvest. Understand this. You and I participate in this one, the seeding and the harvest every day. Every single day of our lives and what you're doing right now, you're seeding something for your future by being here. You're doing something about your future by being here and not just hearing the word, but knowing the word and applying the truth of God's word. All the rest of these, we have to adjust ourselves to, right? We have to adjust for cold, right? I saw many of you come in here today like me. I had layers on because it was chilly. As we go throughout the day, it's going to warm up and we're going to take those layers off, aren't we? Yes, so we're just adjusting to what is taking place. You and I are going to adjust, and we got, it's going to be darker one hour sooner tonight, just so you know that, and, and so, so you understand that, is that when you go, night is going to come tonight, and we have to adjust ourselves to what is going to take place. Winter doesn't adjust to us. Summer doesn't adjust to us. We adjust to them. Nights, uh, not going to change at all. If you want to see in the darkness, you're going to have to turn on a light to see what's around you. Somebody say seed time. Somebody say harvest. So seed time is connected to harvest. They flow from one into the other. They are never disconnected, and we can never disconnect them because it is the law of God that changes not. We have to understand that God sent his seed through Jesus Christ that lived upon this earth. As he lived, he lived sinless before us and showed us as an example as he walked this earth in human flesh. And then we see as he went to the cross, he was buried as a seed in the ground for three days. It was dormant. And then he rose to new life again. Amen? So so Jesus is God's seed to us. It is a harvest that he wants us to have. It goes through everything of our lives as we look at this today. This is an amazing, immutable law. The prophet Isaiah said in 30, 23, then he will give you rain for your seed in which you sow the ground. God gives me seed. It's my seed. It's nobody else's seed for me to sow, but it's my seed in the ground that will eventually grow. If I don't sow anything, I shouldn't expect anything to grow. Some of you are waiting for your ship to come in, and you never, ever launched a ship. Some of you are like, I don't even know what you just said. Well, I grew up in the day. How many of you know what I just said? Like, you know what? I'm waiting for my ship to come in. What? I'm waiting for blessings to come. I'm waiting for money to come. I'm waiting for all these things. But some of us, we're waiting for the ship to come in, and we never launched a ship in the first place. I want food, but we never planted any seed. So God says, here's your seed. And I want you to sow it in good ground. The seed that you have, if you'll plant it right, then you're going to have plenty. Taking care of yourself, that's important. Yeah, paying your bills, yes, that's vital. Having a great marriage and great friendships and relationships and and getting a house. God wants you to have that, but he says, you've got to do it my way. Now, let's go back to Genesis chapter 1, if we will. Let's move back to Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. What he's saying is he created the land before he created man. Adam's not around 
but he created the earth before he put people on the earth. That's what the word says, isn't it? So the land, meaning where you are at, is important. Where you live is vitally important. And where you go to church is important. Where you go to work is important. Where you go to school is, is vitally important. These things matter because God has put you there. You're taking your life, you're giving hours to something, and you're seeding it into these territories in this ground. You're putting money into things when you go to places. You're giving your time. You're giving your energy amongst the many things. Land was before man, meaning God wanted to form Adam out of the dust of the earth, and I want him to put, I'm going to put him in a place that he will flourish the most, the most. So I will put him in the Garden of Eden. That's what he does. God has a specific place for him to be. Know this, God has a specific place for you. Could you turn to the person next to you and tell them that? God has a specific place for you. Yes, you. God has a specific place for you. Sometimes we forget that. A seed in the sand will not produce and grow. He wants the seed to grow and for there to be maturation from the seed. So many times what happens, we've taken our seed and we've put it in the wrong areas where God's blessing isn't at all. It won't grow in the wrong place. How many of you know that's a dynamic of God's word? Seed in the wrong place will not grow. Some of it is stolen by the enemy. So you can take seed and give it to this or give it to that. And you say, you know, I'm expecting it to grow and increase. Well, if it's not in good soil, it will not produce a harvest. So you have to put your seed into things that will grow and have a return. That's what God is saying here. So I'm going to find the land that's prosperous. And I just want to say today, I am thankful that this is a blessed church. Amen. I am so thankful to the Lord. I want to say that because of his hand upon our house. I'm so thankful, and how do I know we're blessed? Because there's people that are here that have found the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior through Abundant Life Church and one of the ministries that's here, amen? Amen, amen. Some of your family members, amen, have found the Lord through one of our ministries. It could have been in a, it could have been in a small group, in a home, one of our groups, or it could have been through our student ministry or our kids' ministry or on a Sunday morning or whatever it may be. It may have been through a women's or a men's conference that, your life was changed, so we see God's hand upon this house, for we are forever grateful for that and never take it for granted. Some of you are going to have family members saved through this church, amen? And we're thankful to the Lord for that. Somebody's going to find a friend here and have lifetime relationships. This is good fertile ground for you to plant seed, so I need to plant seed. We, just, we, we don't need to just come and sit and, and think, wow, I'm going to do great things for the Lord by coming and doing nothing. And let me kind of put it this way. You know, I'm not looking for Walmart. If they don't have any stuff there, then I'm just going to go over to Martin's because it's just more convenient. No, I've been planted here in this house and in this community for a purpose and a reason. So those of you that are in Clearbrook today, that God has planted you there in fertile soil to, to reap a harvest. Amen. Can I hear an amen from Clearbrook? Yes, I hear you all the way from there. How about Stephen City today? That today. 
way, God has planted you in the house to do something greater. He's put you here rather than you trying to go uh, outdo your last highest goose bump at another church. God says, I put you here to maturate and for you to become mature in the house so you'll do something great for me rather than looking for the next best Walmart down the street. Hello, are you with me? Verse 2, beginning of the Bible. Now the earth was formless and empty, darkness. Somebody say darkness. Another word for darkness is chaos. You ever been in a building you didn't know where, your way around and the lights are off? It's a bad feeling. You ever tried to go to the bathroom in a hotel room and the lights are off? You don't even know how to get there. And your kids left something on the floor that you trip over on the way to the bathroom. You ever had that happen to you? Oh, yeah. We've all had it happen to us. We've run into things in the middle of the night. You're trying to, mm, every word comes to mind, and you're trying to redeem it. And you, it's coming, but you're, you know, the family's sleeping, and you don't want to wake them up in Jesus' name. I remember years back, a few of my kids, we were up at Target in Winchester, and, and we're in there, and we're shopping. It's in the night, and all the lights in Target completely go out. And they didn't come back on right away. And you're like, whoa. And these little generated lights on the wall, they didn't even come on either. It was completely dark at Target. And I'm kind of like, you know how it is. You're walking down and out, and you're like, whoa, what just happened? And then it doesn't come on. Then you hear people across the throat, hey, you know, kids are running around. Somebody bumped into something. Mm. And then somebody dropped something I could hear across. They can't see. It's, it produces chaos, right? It brings darkness. It brings uh, a darkness to us, so thus it creates a chaotic moment. So, so wherever the devil is, there's, there's going to be darkness. If the devil is any part of your life, you're going to have chaos. But God said, I don't want you to have darkness. And he says in verse 3, the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters, and God said, let there be what? And there was light. Light brings order, Right? If you will let understanding come in and truth come in, then what will happen is chaos won't rule anymore. Light always removes the darkness. The cross is proof that light always wins in Jesus' name. Peace comes with order. Peace comes. Joy comes amongst the many things. And it goes on to tell us in verse 12 that the earth brought forth grass. So your, your version may say the herb. And you're thinking, ooh, herb, marijuana. Wow, God made marijuana. Yeah, wow, God, thank you. It's a plan. And he said all things are good, right? Well, listen, he made a cactus, but you don't sit on it. I just want you to know. He, he made an elephant, but you don't have it as a house pet. Come on now. I don't think I need to go on any further, do I? Okay. If you need me to go on any further, I'll be at the altar in just a minute. The grass brings forth seed, seed, seed to its own kind, meaning that in this apple there are not orange seeds, right? There is not a watermelon seed in the apple. No, 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 there's not. There are apple seeds in the apple, right? That's what's inside of here. He said, so I've made it to its own kind, the tree that yields fruit. How does a tree yield fruit? Because of a seed, because of a seed, according to its own kind. And God saw that it was good, good. In the Garden of Eden, when the garden was developed in the, there, the trees were mature trees already. 
So when Adam and Eve got there, they were hungry. You know, they're human. We're hungry. They needed something to eat. The fruit is hanging off the trees. God says, Adam, I'm giving you every seed-bearing plant, the plants, the trees, all this fruit you're eating. The only way you're eating this fruit is because a seed is causing it to grow. A seed. A seed. So that we, we understand as we cut into any apple in our lives, we see that there are seeds. There's apple seeds that are represented to cause this to grow. Hmm. Adam, these seeds are in here so that you can take these seeds and you can replant them and eventually this tree will be empty and one day it will die. That's the natural progression of life. And you better plant these seeds to grow new trees if you're going to live on my earth any length of time in the future. Don't throw away your seed. When you're throwing away your seed, you're not thinking about your future. Did you know that? In every area of your life where you are throwing away the seed that God has given to you, you are not thinking about the future. It is not a visionary mindset that you have. Seeds are about future. So God says today, if you don't give him the seed, how am I going to grow another tree in your life? How many of you know the seeds in this apple are going to grow more than one tree? Right? That seeds multiply. That's what they do. They do that. In the, so whatever you give to God will increase. It increases, right? That's, that's his word. That's not mine. That's his word. He multiplies it. He takes what you give him. So you don't reap what you sow. You reap more than what you sow. That, that one acorn, that one acorn, as small as it is, planted and going into the ground as it lays dormant, will grow into a mighty oak tree. Right? It will grow into a mighty oak tree. And we see that then that oak tree will also produce many acorns and multiply. That every time that we get paid, we have an opportunity to plant a seed out of obedience to God. Then we give God of our tithe, our 10%. Then on top of that, we give our offering, the 11, then the 12, and the 13 on up percent of what God is telling us to do like we will for heart for the house in a few weeks now, God said you planted a seed, then God can grow and multiply that in your life. See, holding on to the seed means you don't have anything. So that when we just want to go invest and we want to go put our money into things that really don't matter, I've got to have this electronic toy, I've got to have this, I've got to have that, and if I don't have it. But what we fail to realize is those things never bless us. Only God can bless us. God wants you to have nice things. I'm not saying that. But listen, so many times we're looking for the blessing in stuff. Stuff can't bless you. Only God can. We're looking for the blessing in the wrong place. So the Bible says, do not be deceived because God cannot be mocked, Galatians 6. A man reaps what he sows. So let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not what? Give up. You don't reap until you sow. Another version of this says, don't deceive yourself. No one makes a fool of God. You will reap exactly what you plant. A man's harvest 
depends entirely in his life on what he sowed or what someone else sowed. I want you to pause and consider this for a moment. Much of what we reap, we never planted. Much of what we reap, we never planted. Somebody else did. Somebody else did. Somebody else actually planted the seed, and we reap the consequences, and we get an undeserved harvest one way or another. I don't stand here today on my own accord. I stand here today because of parents that planted a seed, my current family that plants seed, this church that planted seed long before I got to this place. And so did you. I just didn't show up and something, oh, wow, miraculously happened. No. Somebody else entered into a new spiritual dimension and a dynamic to take God's word for what it is and stand on the truth, not what they saw, but what he said. We know this replicates in our life. Sometimes we get disillusioned by it. We, oh, I can't see it coming. How many of you know that we are in the fall time of the year? We're in the harvest. So the farmer is in the field combining bringing out the good of what they sowed months ago while the seed lay dormant and the rain come, came with a lack thereof, but it grew a plant, it grew something to harvest to get the fruit of their labor. It took time, it wasn't immediate, but now they get to harvest what they put in the ground. Don't get discouraged from sowing good seed. Jesus said a good seed brings forth good fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth bad fruit. Your seed sowing affects your whole life. And I don't think we should look any further first than as we come and we have our families, as we look at those and we say, well, am I sowing good seed? I think your, I think your children should be a part of that. You should be able to take a look at them first and say, Am I sowing the good seed? Because you will see it replicated as seed in their life, and it will eventually multiply inside of them that, that I'm thankful. Uh, Chris and I are proud uh, parents of, of uh, three amazing kids that um, I'm thankful to the Lord that, that all three of them today are, are serving the Lord, and all three of them today are serving between here and, and, and Clearbrook today. They're giving, they're giving, they're giving of their life in the fruit of that. I don't think we should probably look much further if we want to try to point fingers than our own families first. And there's people that are sitting here today that your children are serving in this church, maybe here, maybe in Clearbrook, but that goes to you and to your thanks and to the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ that they are doing that because why? You planted seed years ago, and even when you didn't think anything was happening and you were going through hellish moments and times and seasons, you're thinking, I don't know how this person's going to turn out, but I'm going to pray for them and I'm going to fast for them. But let me tell you something, when you sow good seed, God said, I will bring forth a great harvest and I will do it there's an outgrowth of it as your pastor here I, I get uh, desperately concerned if you will 
um, I, I, I'm not in fear, but I get desperately concerned that, that sometimes we wonder, well, why, why aren't our families serving the Lord? Why isn't it? Well, because it was because of half-hearted commitment that has been multiplied into our homes. And we're expecting a great harvest. Come on, church. Come on. We only reap the benefit of what we've gone through. I know the enemy comes and brings things that are destructive. I know our children go through certain seeds. I, I understand that. I'm not knocking that. I understand that. But when it's sowed good seed, you will see a return on that because that's God's word. You and I are not at a place in our life today by accident. You can lead, and you and I lead ourselves exactly where we've showed up to. The Bible is saying you can seed your way into your future or you can hold on to the seed and get nothing for it. But you and I are able today to enter into another dimension to get the blessing that God has said that he wants to give us on our house. So what am I saying? When the harvest is not what you want it to be, check the seed. If what you're getting today is not what you thought, check the seed. What was the seed that went forward? Was it sown in strife? Was it sown in fear? Was it sown in anger? Because every single one of those come and they grow into a huge oak tree and they give out thousands of other seeds. God is saying we need to plant our lives into good soil. In order for it to grow, in order for it to multiply, we need to do that. How many of you today, in all honesty, not a trick question in the house, but how many of you today are married? Can I see your hands? How many of you today are married? There's a lot of married people. Awesome. Okay, put your hands down. How many of you today in the room are single? Let me see your hands. Don't be ashamed. Yes, we have singles. We have marrieds in the house. Okay, that's great. Now let the married help the singles here before we bring this down. When we got married, how many of you know that the wedding is all for the bride? Come on, how many of you knew that? Some of you just got a revelation, really? Yeah, it is all about the bride if you've never, ever noticed it. So single guys, you don't have any part of it when it comes to the wedding. I can tell me how many people sit with in premarital counseling, and I said, so tell me about the plans of the wedding. The guy's just dumbfounded. I don't know. She knows every plan from beginning to end in detail. I don't know. I don't know. She knows everything, right? She's got it down. I mean, very rarely have I ever seen a man rattle it all off. She's got it all rattled off. So listen, you didn't get to choose the colors. You don't, you don't, you don't get to choose the food or nothing, guys. You just got to understand. All you do is, what you do is you go out and you buy a ring. And you go out and buy a beautiful ring for her. And you're going to propose Will you marry me? And the woman runs around after that and tells her, oh, my goodness, look at this ring. We're engaged. I'm so excited. And she's overjoyed. Let me see your ring. Isn't that what happens? Oh, yeah, that's what happens. Everything in the wedding is about the bride. How do I know that? Because everybody is looking at the back door waiting for the bride to come through the door. Isn't that true? Groom? Ah, uh, who cares? Bride, Yes right? We're waiting. We're waiting. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 dun. That's what, that's what we're waiting for. We're waiting for that to come. And single guys, when you hear that, you are done. <laughs> done. 
They go through the vows and the ring and the unity moment and they're starry-eyed and they're going to be back soon to receive counsel and direction. Then I pronounce them husband and wife. And there's one more thing I'd like to add in that, that it doesn't happen, but it probably should happen, that there would be a heavenly microphone that would come down out of heaven and I would say, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to present to you Mr. and Mrs. So-and-so, let's get ready to rumble! Right? Things we don't talk about, but it's true. Right? Some of you are saying, wow, is, message, you know, is marriage you know, uh, supposed to be dreary? No, it's a blessing. I'm getting to my point here, so just hang with me. That one day of marriage is great, but you're going to have to seed into your relationship if you're going to get a harvest back, and both of you have to do it, right? So, so whoever sows sparingly, reaps sparingly. So whoever sows generously will also reap generously, according to 2 Corinthians chapter 9, 6 through 8. It's true. When I talk with people going through a separation and a divorce, I always find someone who doesn't want to seed into the other person anymore. Or it could be both of them are not seeding anymore. Listen, if you don't have any friends, it's because you're not friendly. You ever been in a relationship when you're the only one that calls? Do you want to come over and eat? Do you want to come and do this? Let's go do something. But they never call you back? Relationships are based on seed time and harvest. Relationships. Seed time, harvest. Every, you can't connect, disconnect seed time and harvest. You can't. Every area of your life has seed time and harvest. Your finances have seed time and harvest. So, do your, so does your health. So does your relationships. You're serving seed time and harvest. Your thoughts, the words you say, the dreams that you dream, there's seed time and there's harvest in every single one of them. I don't know when the harvest will come for you, but I guarantee you it will come because God does not lie and he cannot be mocked. Every day, sowing and reaping are at work in our lives. So my question today, are you planting the kind of life that you want to grow? Are you planting the kind of life that you want to grow in everything that you're doing and saying, you're dreaming? So don't forget, if you sow sparingly, you reap sparingly, right? If, if you sow generously, you reap generously because that is God's law that cannot change. Perhaps you remember something called the Archimedes principle. I've heard of that before. The law of buoyancy. It explains why some things float and other things sink. You, you don't have to know why to be affected by it. Anyone in the water is subject to it. There's a reason that pebbles that sink and a boat floats, right? But knowing the principle and leverage it means we know how to save lives, stay on top of the water rather than sinking. We can even make a 50-ton cruise ship float by leveraging this principle of buoyancy. Wow. You know, archaeologists found seeds in an Egyptian pyramid that were over 2,000 years old. 
They planted some of them, and they produced life. 2,000 years later, all of that potential was locked up in the seed until it was sown. What am I saying? You're a walking warehouse of good seeds. You are. You're a walking warehouse of good seeds that has been put inside of you by people that came before you or people that are around you right now. You're, you're, you're a walking warehouse, so you hold great potential for good, for the kingdom of God. Don't hold your seed. Sow it in Jesus' name. Don't hold it. Sow it today in all that you're doing, saying, thinking, who you are in your life, your finances, in your family, whatever it may be. It's time to sow your seed. We were never created to hold our seed. We were created to sow the seed so that God can take it and God can multiply it for his good and for his glory. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you today that you have called us to enter into a new dimension. Not in what we're seeing, but what you're saying. But Lord, today that as we allow your word to come in and capture our hearts, that we take that seed and we plant it in good soil. We take the seed of your word today and we put it in the soil of our heart and in our life. And, and God, not what we're seeing, the things that we think, oh, I can't do this. I, I shouldn't do that. I, I can't. But that what you are saying, God, we will act upon by faith today. Activate our faith in Jesus' name. That, that Lord, today we can come expecting you to do a miracle and great and mighty things because your word says it. Because, Lord, we've planted the seed. And, Lord, because we've planted the seed, Lord Jesus, we will leverage it for your good and you will multiply it, God, in so many ways. You'll multiply it in this church. You'll multiply it in, in relationships. You're going to multiply it in homes. You're going to multiply it in marriages and in children and, and uh, Lord, in our finances, in uh, our thoughts and in our dreams. Lord God, that we would sow the seed and not hold it for your kingdom and your glory. We pray this today. In Jesus' mighty name, we're thankful, God, that you sent Jesus, who is our harvest. The harvest of blessing, the harvest of new life, the harvest of a new creation inside of each and every person that calls you Lord. And for that, we're thankful and we're grateful for it. In Jesus' mighty name, and all of God's people said, amen and amen. Let's stand to our feet. Pray God's blessing on you. Let's go sow some good seed.